Hello and welcome to Called Bank Sports. Um, kind of a disappointing night tonight as the Jazz drop a close one to the San Antonio Spurs, losing 128-126. And it was really just overall a head scratcher um, for me personally. And then I dove a bit more into the stats and did realize the one thing that Dale and I always talk about um, that cost the Jazz the game tonight. And I hate to sound like a broken record, but it was turnovers again. And when I was first looking through the stats, I thought, okay, so the Jazz um, only turned the ball over 13 times, definitely more than I'd like to see. But when we've seen games where the Jazz have turnovers in the high teens or um, even in the low 20s, and those are typically the games they lose, the number didn't jump off the page to me too, um, to be too terrible of a thing from the get-go. But then I looked at the points off turnovers and the Jazz were able to get 11 points off of the seven turnovers that the Spurs had compared to allowing 22 points um, for the Spurs off of turnovers. And really where that ended up coming down to it is the um, <laughs> the um, Spurs got up more jet shots than the Jazz because of those turnovers. The Spurs were able to shoot 100 shots in the game and they made 50 of them. Um, compared to the Jazz only getting up 93 shots and making 46. So when you're taking seven less shots than your opponent, that obviously most of the time isn't going to be good. Your shooting percentage is going to have to be a lot higher or you're going to have to get to the line a lot more. And while the Jazz did make it to the line, um, I believe it was eight more times than the Spurs, they only made five more free throws. And frankly, 21 of 26 from the line is great for the Jazz. But the discrepancy in shots wasn't made up for um, at the free throw at the free throw line. Apologies, and was just absolute garbage based on the turnover side. So when you mixed in the Jazz having turnovers and their defense not performing nearly as well as it typically does, it was just the perfect um, storm for a scrappy young team like the Spurs to beat the Jazz. And the other thing that just to continue to dwell on the negative that really shocked me is if I remember correctly, the Spurs shoot the fewest number of threes per game in the NBA, and the Jazz shoot the most. So you'd expect tonight to see the Jazz shoot significantly more three-pointers than the Spurs. And if they shot them well, you'd expect them to win. But the Jazz only shot 37 three-pointers compared to 41 three-pointers for the Spurs. And while the Jazz shot an okay percentage of 35%, they really moved away from their identity in this game. And that's what made it a head-scratcher to me, is yes, the Jazz shot fewer shots. That's actually not an incredibly uncommon thing if you look at the box score. Um, But typically, the Jazz are shooting a lot more threes than the other team. And so when you mix in free throws and more three-point attempts and a, a relatively high percentage, the Jazz end up winning the game. But tonight, that wasn't the case in large part because they shot less threes. If you trade... A f- um, three, you know, and, and that's the issue is what are you trading? Are you trading made twos? Because the Jazz shot 49, um, a pretty good percentage from um, two. I don't have that right here, but they shot 49.5% from the field. So when you're shooting 35% from three, you shot pretty good from two. So do you trade some of those made twos for um, three-point attempts? And I'm assuming the Jazz didn't really have them in part because of the Spurs switching defense that they kind of shifted to. But overall, the um, lack of defense in the third quarter and just a bit of an offensive meltdown, not much, but enough, but it was enough of a meltdown for that lapse there in the third quarter um, where they let the Spurs get back into it and eventually take the lead and the inability to stop shots down the stretch 
is what cost the Jazz the game. So it's a good learning experience. Um, it is disappointing. It's not helped by the fact that Donovan Mitchell is under weather. I don't want to use that entirely as an excuse, though, because he still had a good game. He had to leave um, in the fourth quarter for a bit because he was nauseous and go back to the locker room and get that under control. But when I look at the box score, I mean, he still played 31 minutes, which I think is about what I'd expect from him. Um, 10 for 23 from the field and 3 for 11 from three. So if you want to hang your hand on anything and use any excuse, you could say Donovan Mitchell's sick. And yeah, but the Jazz still overall should have won. Had he been feeling better, do they win? Probably. But a loss is a loss, and Donovan being sick doesn't change the score, um, doesn't change the win-loss record, you know? So my last um, big takeaway is just wanting to take a look. Um, Dale and I, I haven't done this for a bit. Maybe Dale has. And take a look at what's going on with the um, predictions on 538. So the Jazz going into tonight were predicted to tie with the Suns for the number one seed. I'm dropping this game, drop them down. Excuse me. My throat is, I guess, a lot more parched than I thought it was. Um, Drop them down to the second seed above the Warriors. And per these predictions, assuming the seventh seed wins the first game in the playing tournament, they would be playing the Clippers in the first round, if I'm doing my counting right, which, you know, is a struggle. Um, They'd be playing the Clippers in the first round. And things are going to change a lot, but seeding is going to be very intriguing for me as a whole um, just this year and to see how important it is where you have the Mavericks who have been struggling but could catch fire at any time. It'll be interesting to see what happens there. You have the Clippers who could be getting um, Kawhi Leonard back, and it would be an entertaining first-round series to see that. If they had Kawhi Leonard back, I would be very concerned as a Jazz fan. You have the Trailblazers who could make a blockbuster deal um, at the deadline. I don't think that's going to happen, but I mean, I'm not an NBA expert by any means, by any means. And you have the Lakers who again, could somehow come into relevance. Like I never want to discount LeBron James, but this seems like a pretty good year to discount LeBron James. And I do always want to discount Russell Westbrook. So it'll be interesting, but I'm interested to see what role seating plays um, into it. I think that everyone last year um, looks at it and, had teams been healthy, I think the Jazz wanted the one seed. Due to the fact that the Lakers were quite injured, as long with the um, Nuggets, I think that the two seed would have been better, and that that did lead to Phoenix having a much easier route to the Western Conference Finals. I don't want to discount what they did, because they did play amazing basketball and are still currently playing amazing basketball. But it's just an overall interesting year. And thankfully for the Jazz, the season isn't lost still. Um, join us tomorrow. Dale and I are going to talk about... Um, Danny Ainge, what he possibly is going to do with the team, and also just how COVID has been ravaging the league, has been ravaging the league um, as of late. And obviously, Donovan has a non-COVID illness, at least I would assume, and thankfully it hasn't impacted the Jazz. But the question um, is, it going to happen? And what do we think is going to end up happening here um, over the next few weeks as health and safety protocols? Um, continue to dominate the sports headlines. So thank you guys again for watching. We really appreciate. Please leave a like wherever you're at. Um, Give us a comment. We love to continue the discussion on with you guys. And also, if you you enjoy our content, please follow. We um, do our best to get post games out and always bring a weekly episode. So thanks again for watching and go Jazz!